need to know, I'm Allison Beer, and today I'm talking with Jennifer Stiddard about the federal budget. So we're talking about the budget today because it's about to pass in Congress and there'll be some implications for higher education funding once we have a new budget. So Jennifer, to start off, can you remind people listening, what exactly is the federal budget and how um, is this different from the appropriations process? Sure. Thanks so much, Allison. So when we talk about the federal budget and appropriations, a lot of times you see those terms used interchangeably whenever we talk about federal funding. But in fact, there are significant differences between the two. Um, Overall, the budget is what sets the caps for overall funding. So you might look at a $3 trillion budget uh, overall as far as what Congress sets. Then, once the Budget Committee sets that and it is passed into law by the House, Senate, and signed by the President, then the appropriators can get working with what they do, which is looking at what funding the various agencies will receive, for example, Department of Education, what is going to be their allocation, and then within that, what types of, um, what type of funding is going to various programs. So what's in the new budget that's expected to pass this week? So the new budget was, is really significant in many ways. Um, Congress needed to pass a budget this year. In 2011, Congress passed something called the Budget Control Act. And for those who may have been paying attention at that time, this was something where they formed, it was called the Super Committee, and we were going to have this great budget deal whereby we were going to cut the federal deficit and make all kinds of different changes. Um, Anytime you call something the super committee, it's really setting it up for failure. So once the super committee ultimately failed, the Budget Control Act kicked in and it set a 10-year budgetary cap under that. Uh, Congress has never really been able to abide by those caps, though, because it would result in massive funding cuts um, or a sequester of what had already been funded. So basically, since 2011, Congress has had to go back to the drawing board every year or every other year to readdress the budget, reallocate the caps in order to avoid these cuts. So that is what Congress did a couple weeks ago. The administration and leadership within the House and Senate negotiated to do new caps, um, and these are caps for both defense and non-defense funding. They try and have parity within that, and there will be new caps for both 2020 and 2021 under that deal. So the new budget, is that an increase then over uh, prior funding? We're looking at about a $27 billion increase over last year's levels. So this is a a nice chunk of change in order for the appropriators to now take this and and put forth some increases to programs in that area. And I do want to mention, too, if this had not passed and we had gone back to the budgetary cap set in 2011, we would have been looking at about a $75 billion cut. So this was very important to get passed before the end of the fiscal year on September 30th. So not just an increase, but also avoiding huge budget slashes. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about this $27 billion. What does it mean for higher education funding and which programs are likely to receive funding increases? So here's what we know. Within that $27 billion, we know $2.5 billion has been set aside for the census. Um, After that, we have $24.5 billion that the appropriators in the House and Senate 
will now divide up amongst their subcommittees. So you have 12 different subcommittees within the House and the Senate that deal with appropriations. The one that we primarily deal with is the Labor, Health and Human Services and Education Subcommittee. Those are all lumped together um, to pass those bills as one. What we think is amongst that, that 24, 27 billion, I would expect to see some parity as far as how that's divided up amongst the subcommittees. So we will see a decent increase for that labor, health, and human services education bill. What programmatic funding increases will there be? We don't know quite yet. I would say that you're likely going to see existing programs, popular programs, see some of the first increases. But I would think across the board for existing programs, you could in theory see increases to all of them, depending on how they do it. We're heading into August, which is a time when things typically slow down in Congress. When can we realistically see an appropriations bill passing? So normally during August, you see a lot of staffers take leave. They might go back to the district. They might take some time off. But generally, there's not a lot of legislative activity that occurs during that time. I think for House and Senate appropriation staff, this August is actually going to be quite busy. Um, the House actually passed all 12 of their appropriations bills this year. Um, they were largely partisan as far as support. Um, however, the bills were passed at a higher funding level in most cases than the new cap would allow. So House appropriators are now going to have to go back and make some revisions as far as what their priorities were in the bill. The Senate, on the other hand, did not proceed at all with their appropriations bills in lieu of having budgetary caps. So during August, I think you will see that Senate staff um, start to set those caps, at least internally, and start to divvy up where they see programmatic funding so that in September they can kind of hit the ground running. So we're expecting appropriations to move forward and that should uh, continue through August. But a lot of people might also be wondering what's going on with the Higher Education Act. So the status of HEA right now is a little bit in question. Um, those may remember that Senator Alexander, who's the chairman of the Senate Health, Education and Labor Committee, he is a former Secretary of Education, he is a former University President, and higher ed is a major priority for him. Senator Alexander is retiring in 2020 and therefore announced that reauthorizing the Higher Education Act was going to be his priority. This was announced at the beginning of the year and we were told that we would see a bipartisan HEA bill by Memorial Day. Well, Memorial Day came and went and then we heard we will see one in June and then June kind of came and went. So now we are headed into August and there is no bipartisan bill and it doesn't appear that they are extremely close as far as releasing one. Uh, it is possible that we will see a Senate bill in the fall, but those prospects dim the further we get into the year. 2020 is then an election year, and it becomes very difficult to try and pass something major like this with an election year. So I would say the prospects of seeing a bipartisan bill come forth aren't as great as they were a few months ago. Now, there's a difference in the House. We anticipate the House under Chairman Bobby Scott will be trying to introduce their own bill. Um, it will not be a bipartisan bill, but they would like to mark something up, which means have the committee consider it by the end of the year. So appropriations we can expect are on the corner, but HEA we might be waiting a little longer to see how that plays out. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with even with appropriations, the timeline is a little bit in question. Um, anytime you get into controversial issues, um, things like border wall funding, health care, these things can really delay the process. If we don't have a bill by September 30th, Congress will opt to do a continuing resolution in most cases, which just levels funding and gives them longer time to negotiate. And of course, we'll continue to provide updates on uh, appropriations and HEA through our podcast series, our law alerts, and ACCT Now podcast.